Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. I'm Andrew. I'm Lee. And this is Whitaker Weekly. Let's get right to it. Uh, just diving into the news real fast. Uh, this week, um, kind of had a bittersweet uh, bit of news. Mm-hmm. This week was uh, the 12th anniversary of Robert Jordan's passing, uh, the creator of The Wheel of Time and many other fantasy series. Uh, but it's also the first day of principal photography filming for The Wheel of Time series with wow. Amazon. Um, and it just kind of was, uh, kind of fascinating that it coincided like that. Uh, listeners real fast, the light around me might just be, uh, or like not listeners, viewers, the light around me might be, uh, kind of screwing up. I got a light bulb that's going in and out and there you see now it's back on. Don't know why, uh, it might be loose, but, uh, I'll have to check it when I get the chance. Uh, but anyways, uh, next bit of news, something that I just learned the other day, mm-hmm. is that it looks like the Far Side, the classic one-panel comic that formed the uh, humor for an entire generation, uh, along with uh, Calvin and Hobbes, uh, the Far Side might be coming back. <laughs> uh, oh, I remember still, it was about, what, 19, 20 years ago, that um, for Christmas, our parents got me the complete far side series as a uh as a, a book set as a, a two book uh mm-hmm. package set and i remember it fondly fondly um with air quotes because i went over to reach for the package to open it up christmas morning and i had never had to lift up a package that heavy before and it wasn't until after i tried to you know, straight arming it <laughs> that I was warned, you know, that one's going to be a little heavy. Don't, don't pick that one up that way. <laughs> and I, I actually strained my shoulder that morning. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, uh, if you go to the far side.com, there's a picture, uh, in the classic far side art of a guy with a flamethrower unfreezing a glacier that has, uh, the figure or that has, classic characters from Farside Comics in, in the ice cube, in the chunk of ice. Yes. And underneath it, it says, Uncommon, unreal, and soon to be unfrozen. A new online era of the Farside is coming. Not sure if that means there's going to be more comics. Not sure if that means it's going to be an online web series, uh, kind of like the short-lived cartoon that existed for a while. But a lot of people were saying that, you know, we could really use his awkward, weird humor so we can learn to, we can learn to laugh at ourselves again. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Anyways, so that's it for the news. Uh, let's just go ahead and get right into three episodes in. All right. And it was this your week pick was, this week. It was my pick this week. And so this week, um, we watched Boarding School Juliet, the first three episodes. Uh, so this anime is exclusively on Amazon Prime at the moment. Uh, and Amazon Prime has the following, uh, synopsis. At Dahlia Academy, a prestigious boarding school on a remote island, students from two feuding countries battle each other every day. However, Romeo Inuzuka 
the leader of the Towa Dorm, and Juliet Persia, the leader of the West Dorm, start a secret relationship. Dun dun dun! Yes. Okay. Uh, so let's go ahead and just get started. And it starts off with the two classes, the black dogs or the black doggies. They are uh, uh, all in black and they're all very, very Asian looking. Um, you can assume that they're from Japan, but really the Toa is more of a combination of all of Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll, you'll come in, you'll run across students later on. They're in the opening credits, but the little girls who are in Chinese dresses, uh, okay. they're actually, yeah, they're pretty. So they're, they're series. all. They're they're a, a, a melding pot of all Far East cultures, mm-hmm. and um, the uh, the other school, um, the West, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of it, it's very much based uh, like the words and things are very much based on Germany, if I recall correctly. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, it's just kind of a melting pot of all of Europe. So it's Europe versus Asia, yes. is what's going on here. Yes, uh, and, and so the white cats are all in white uniforms. They are all in white uniforms, and a lot of them have. I mean, a lot of them have uh, European uh, features, blue eyes, blonde hair, mm-hmm. whereas everyone on Toa seems to have um, darker hair colors and darker eye colors. But they're not, strictly speaking, all brown, but, and, and some of them look like they may have bleached, clearly look like they're bleaching themselves, and that isn't naturally blonde. Uh, one of the punk kids is, oh, yeah, no, is like, a bleach, bleach mohawk. They, uh, uh, but they all ha- tend to have darker eyes, like browns and purples and reds. things like that. Mm-hmm. Reds. Whereas the people from the West, they're blonde, brunettes. Um, I think one or two might be redheads. Uh, white-colored hair and, them, very, yeah. and light, light-colored eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, And it starts off with these two groups fighting. There's a massive brawl in the middle of the schoolyard. Yep. Um, and... Uh, and then the prefects come in to stop it. Mm-hmm. But, but during the brawl... During the brawl, we both wrote this down, but we're introduced to Romeo and Juliet. Um, uh, and uh, for those of you who are familiar with Romeo and Juliet, don't worry, this is a romantic comedy, not a tragedy. Okay, yes. this this is very much a comedy, and it's delightful. Um, kind of on the level where it's like Shakespearean tomfoolery. Yeah in the now, comedy now, um, this isn't our first romeo and juliet based anime comedy and no. we also did nisekoi a couple months back yeah but nisekoi had uh, a different premise in terms of why the main couple were together yeah this they were one, forced this to be closer. together mm-hmm. this one is closer to romeo and juliet in that they are both members of feuding Mm-hmm. parties mm-hmm. the two countries used to be at war for a very long time and then when they came to a ceasefire they created they both colonized this island at the same time and made the school so they could have like a peace treaty and uh you know a meshing of cultures but both sides are just like this is just a temporary thing like you are not to make friends with these people mm-hmm. so that's the environment they grew up in they're very very they're clashing um and they fight on an almost daily basis we see um, and, uh, Romeo, um, is the leader of the black dogs and Juliet is the leader of, leader of the white cats mm-hmm. and they're about to fight. Um, yeah. but it cuts to Romeo and even though he's just been challenged by Juliet, um, we see inside that Romeo doesn't want to fight her because he's in love with her. He has this inner monologue where he is torn that he doesn't want to hurt her 
or see her get hurt because he's in love with her. Um, and he's been in love with her for a very long time since grade school type thing. And now they are first year high school students or mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's first year high school students. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, they, um, before they're able to clash, another guy comes up, grabs Juliet's hands and says, don't worry. I'll protect you. Persia Sama, uh, Juliet Persia. I think her full name is, yeah. um, yeah. Ju- and, Juliet uh, is her given name. Persia uh-huh. is the family name. And in this, and in this culture, mm-hmm. in most anime, uh, they go by family name unless yep. mm-hmm. there's too many people of the same family name, and then sometimes first name's appropriate. Mm-hmm. But usually, yep. uh, usually first name denotes a first name usage denotes a high level of familiarity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so he says, "I'll don't worry, I'll protect you," and a couple other things. Yeah, but. Romeo, I would die to protect you. Yeah, I would die to protect you. And then Romeo says, then die, and punches him right in the face. He has and, the most punchable face in the show. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, no, like, this Scott. Freaking Scott. Scott gets everything that he deserves. I've read the entire manga, uh, dear dear viewers and listeners. I've read the entire manga start to end. I know what's going to happen to the characters, and... Seeing Scott get punched never gets old. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing Scott get punched never gets old. He Especially always he does in the middle of episode two. Was, okay, just jumping ahead just a little bit, but it Romeo is. is trying to talk to Juliet in secret. So he has climbed up to the second story of the school, peeking into the girl's gym room, and yeah. they're chatting and she's like hiding behind the curtain, but they're still chatting. He's trying to give her a present because he learned that, you know, one way to show affection to someone in the West is to give them your rosary. So he, he bought a rosary and he's trying to give it to her. And uh, before he's able to give it to her, he hears this voice. Yes, Romeo, do tell why you're up here. And he looks over and right at the very next window is Scott pressed against the wall, holding his way up there as well. <laughs> That, that, that's not the reason why Scott needs to be punched, though, in no, no, my no, opinion. No, no, no. No. no, the other thing that happened in episode two that is the reason Scott deserves to be punched uh-huh. is a scene involving um, Juliet in disguise. Oh, yeah. I actually and he comes running and goes, like, I just see a couple of, I, I just see a couple of two stupid black doggies. I could swear I smelled Persia around here somewhere. Like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. He finds her by her scent. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so let's let, let, instead of skipping ahead, let's go back to where we were. They get into a fight, and Romeo um, pretty much just refuses to fight Juliet, and Juliet gets upset by it um, because she doesn't think he's taking her seriously. Yeah. Then the prefix come in and break up, uh, break up the fight, mm-hmm. and we cut to Romeo, who is taking out his aggression. People think he's ta- like he's taking out his aggression for, you know, not being able to take out Juliet that day. But yeah. really, he is, or... Uh, he's he's lamenting his his, uh, his, position. Inability, his inability to express his true feelings for the girl he likes. Mm-hmm. And he's taking out a brick column with his bare fist. Mm-hmm. He's, eventually, he, he breaks it down. Like, yeah. he hits it, and it falls over eventually. And this is a support like pillar. Fist, and I'm pretty sure his forehead was involved, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. It reminded me a lot of Steph from No Game, No Life. <laughs> Not as bloody as Steph, but, yeah. uh... Yeah. 
Um, Steph's so amazing forehead. We cut to, uh, he decides um, he wants to learn more about her, spies on her in the gym, and she is just this incredible swordswoman. Yeah. Uh, defeats uh, defeats another student like he's nothing, uh, barely breaking a sweat. Scott comes up with a towel, offers it to her, talking about how amazing she is, and she's like, "Well, no, it's just that I need I need the strength in order to change the world." She says. She, says. she also says that um, how frustrated she is about Romeo, about Inazuka, always teasing her and never fighting her seriously. Mm-hmm. She gets mm-hmm. so frustrated she rips the towel in half. Mm-hmm. And Scott's like, oh, my towel! Uh, but it cuts to uh, Romeo, who is watching from the outside, and he is uh, he's he's crestfallen, because he doesn't hear what she says, and he says that. I didn't hear what she says, but I know she's angry at me. Like, yeah. he could tell that it was at him. Yep. Um, so he... Uh... And so he goes off, and then we come across the Three Stooges. Oh. They are punks dressed up they're the ones who have like the bleached blonde hair and the mohawks and things like that one of them has yeah. got his the hair dyed the red one the, has the a absolute yonkies yeah complete yonkies one has an earring that is actually a uh, a lock a lock um, uh, when i see him i just want to rip that lock right out of his ear yeah uh anyway he, he's not um, a good person yeah uh anyway um they have come up with a plan to uh, to avenge their take, friend. To, to avenge their friend and take out Juliet. And one of the them hands the other a mask. <laughs> oh, uh, before that, um, before that, uh, there's something that I wrote. Um, some of the white cats. Picked, uh, grabbed some of the uh, black dog grade schoolers because they were spray painting on the doors of the white cat dorms. That's and right. well, some of the, well, the boy in the group has a bloody nose. Um, and Persia comes out and asks what they were doing. And he says, they're, they're picking on us because we're, they said we were weak. He's like, that's right, you are weak. And she starts egging this boy on, uh, just saying these things. Um, and finally, he's had enough. And she, and the boy charges Juliet. And like he's a grade schooler, so he's not going to be able to do anything to her. Uh, charges into her, doesn't knock her down. She says, "Good, there. See, you do have strength if you try." And like she was egging him on to pull out their strength, and J- Romeo sees this entire thing, mm-hmm. which makes him fall for her even harder. Um, yep. And uh, he gets caught by the white dogs, uh, or by the white he, cats. My he, bad. He just cat. he. He he's so enthralled with what with her and what she's doing that he just steps out from behind the mm-hmm. corner and just starts approaching to watch closer, unaware that he's visible that they that they see him and he's like, wait a minute, why is everyone looking at me? Oh crap! <laughs> he's like he doesn't even realize he's been discovered until he's out in the open. Mm-hmm. So that's when he, he that's when he runs away and. Uh, that's when the guys see him and they start making their plan uh, to kidnap her. And they say that, like, they see that after Jim, she always takes this path back to the dorms by herself. And so they're going to go ahead and grab her then. Uh, cut to her walking through this rose garden um, and uh, kind of rose garden hedge mage type place. Um, and she uh, and she hears this noise of two people coming from behind, kind of this wheezing, panting noise. 
and she turns around and sees two of the guys with bags over their heads. Plastic bags. With no eyes and no mouth hole. They forgot... (laughs) They forgot to cut eye holes in their own bags. And not only did they not stop and do it right away, realizing their mistake, they went forward with their plan with these terrible, terrible masks. They did. And they can't see her. Yeah, they can't see her. They're just kind of of swinging blindly, and she, being as skilled as she is, takes them out super easily. But then the third guy sprays her from the bushes with some pepper spray. Yeah. They then grab her, uh, pin her down, or pin her against the bushes. Um, He... The the guy with the um with the lock, lock earring pulls out a razor blade and cuts <laughs> open her blouse, yeah. saying that we're gonna win this with any method possible. And she starts kind of tearing up. And all of a sudden you hear Inazuka, Romeo. Um, and uh he charges up from behind and tackles her through the bush. Uh Yes, yes, he does, leaving a hole through the bush as he goes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay, that altercation ends interestingly because she feels, he, he, he immediately reads the situation as, oh no, she thinks I planned all this, that I'm part of all this, and that, mm-hmm. and that this she is all, assault, she, she thinks I assaulted her. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he, attempt, he tries to rescue her, but realizes that the situation looks like he assaulted her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Real, real bad. Um, anyways, he, uh, he freaks out, or she gets up, r- runs away in tears, uh, holding her, her blouse closed. Um, and he's like, crap, I've, it's, it's over. I have no chance now. I have no chance of getting together with her. And he comes... Uh, and he uh, he takes his time, but he finally ends his, ends up back at the dorms, and it's night, and the three Stooges are outside waiting for him, and they're like, uh, he sees them, and uh, mm-hmm. they all say, "Hey, Inazuka, you shouldn't take someone else's prey." Yeah, we're going to teach you a lesson, but before any of them is able to finish their sentence. He has knocked all three down and is like, then sitting on one of them. Like, hey, we were talking. <laughs> you let a man finish what he has to say. Inazuka then gets a note um, from Juliet um, from an arrow that lands in the lands in one of their heads. This is not the first. Well, this is the first time, but it is not the last time an arrow is delivered. Uh, a message is delivered by arrow that ends up hitting somebody who's near Romeo. He gets the letter, and it's from Juliet, and it says, meet me at midnight at the fountain. And he's like, hey, is this a love letter? No, no, that, no, it's no, no way, it's not possible, it's not a love letter. He goes out there, and he sees Juliet out there with two swords. And she pretty much says, you don't take me seriously, I want you to fight me. And he, he's like, I don't, you... You probably don't see it the same way that I do, but I see us as rivals, and the fact that you don't take me seriously hurts me. So I want you to take me seriously and come at me with all your strength. Come at me with all your... Well, she says honki in Japanese. It's kind of a weird translation in English. Like, all your strength, but honki also means with your true feelings. Mm-hmm. 
like honto no kimochi honki. It's like kind of the same kanji. So, and that's when he's just like, okay, he realizes that his trying to protect her and all of this has made her think that he thinks she's weak and doesn't take her seriously. And so he finally just goes, okay, all right, I'll go ahead and do this seriously. Uh, I'll come at you with, I'll come at you with my true feelings. They both have swords. They clash. There's this kind of this cool camera spinning around them and stuff. They clash. Camera cuts between the two of them. Swords clash. A couple of different angles. You know, a Van Damme at a couple of different angles with the exact same move. Um, and uh, he says, I love you. Go out with me. Yes. As soon as the swords clash and their, their faces are close to each other. To which she then proceeds to beat the tar out of him for embarrassing her in the middle of the fight, what? too. No, like, Taking no. Her... They, they, they're, e- they're evenly matched with the swords. At but first. She's freaking, huh? At first. Yeah, well, yes. But she pushes but him into, she's able to push him into the fountain. beating the tar out of him, though. <laughs> they're evenly matched with the sword is what it's showing. Um, and even when they're emotionally flustered like this, they're evenly matched. She starts freaking out. She's like, what, what, what? No, what are you talking about? Like, we're enemies. And he's like, I know, I know. I've said this to myself over and over and over again. It's never going to work. It's not going to happen, but I can't help it. Do you know how often I've wished that we were from the same country just so I could be with you? I just want to walk with you. I want to be together with you. I want to have the strength to change the world for you type thing. Or um, And which to which she blushes. And... That's when she pushes him into the fountain. Yes. The fight pretty much ended at that point. And she walks up to him in the fountain. She gets in the fountain with him and she says, can you really do it? Can you really change the world? And uh, he says, yes. Yes, I can. Uh, and she's like, okay, then we can date. Then I guess I can go out with you, but I, no one can ever find out. Yeah, I guess I can go out with you, but no one can ever find out. So he he's the happiest guy in the world. Next day, on their way to school, he tries to talk to her on the way to school. And she won't give him the time of day. She actually tells him, don't ever talk to me. Don't you dare talk. Yeah, don't ever talk to me type thing. And which then he's, he's crushed. He's completely crushed. Doesn't know how to feel. Like, was last night a dream? Did, that, did it even happen? What, what What's going on mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. And then he realizes that she has better spatial awareness than him, apparently, because he didn't see all the other people coming up on them. And if they were talking and chummy, as Scott, everyone else I, come- I want to say her name is Nezuko. Let me go ahead and pull it up here yeah. real fast. Nezuko um, is a young girl who's one of the black dogs who um, I'm pretty sure that name is wrong, actually. Nezuko is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's the girl from. Uh, from. Uh, there's a girl with the bamboo uh, rod yeah, yeah, yeah. gag in um, Demon Slayer. Um, but he, she's his childhood friend. Yes, and she husky, husky. Mm-hmm. Um, and and she clearly has feelings for him, but he doesn't notice her in that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because um, he has feelings for Persia. He's been in love with Persia ever since elementary school, so he doesn't see any of the girls but Persia. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, yeah, so she, uh, Husky, uh, Husky and uh, Scott uh, come up. Yeah. 
um, and instantly start clashing. That's when he realizes, wait, no, he didn't want to talk because there were people around. Wait, please tell me that's why you didn't want to talk to me, please. And then like, it sh- he doesn't see her face, but she's got this sly grin on her face as she's walking off. And that's how the first episode ends. Yep. Second episode begins the same way the first one did. And the two parties uh, about to have a schoolyard brawl again. But this time, while uh, Juliet is fighting with a blunted uh, fencing foil. Um, I swear it's a sword of some... It's, it's... She, she has a collapsible rod is what she uses to fight with. Is that what it is? Yeah, okay. it's a collapsible rod. Well, she's she's wielding it like a fencing foil. Yeah, I mean, you 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 were right in that she is, yeah. but it's a collapsible well, rod. Well, so they they charge each other, and Romeo grabs the rod, and with her still holding on to it, and runs. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Everybody's still busy fighting each other. They they don't see that the two of them ran ran away from the battle, so they can mm-hmm. have some alone time. Yeah. Oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's 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 and, a great shot. And that happens time time and time again in the manga. Like there's one time where they both grab hands like this and like run off together like that. <laughs> so yeah. You challenge each other to a duel elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Let's take our fight over here. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's some great moments throughout the whole series where they um or at least throughout the first three episodes, I can't vouch for the whole series, but I'm sure it continues to happen, where they're they're trying to have a romantic moment, and then they notice other people nearby and immediately go into combat mode. The worst one, the worst instance, is I think right about, I think happens just about now, because they're talking, and she's like, we can't do this, this is too out in the open, it's too easy to get caught, and just as a moment somebody comes up, he gr- he does an iron grip on her forehead and lifts her up He's off the ground. He's about to say, but I want to spend time with you because I love you. He's about to say I, Japanese uh, word for love. Um, and so he's saying I, 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 um, which doesn't really iron. make sense in the yeah. in the in the subtitles. Uh, but then when I'm pretty sure it's Hoski comes up again, he says Iron Claw and grabs her by the head and lifts her up. Yes. Yeah, no, like there are times where like they're talking and uh, Juliet will throw him in the rose bushes when somebody yeah. comes up or like he'll, you know, throw her in a pond type thing. Yes. So, yeah, there's a lot of really funny and, moments like that. And and it's equal. It's totally equal. Between oh, yeah, the no, they do it to each other. And, uh, it's and, not one-sided. And she's, and she's absolutely, she gets out of the iron grip of it pretty, uh, pretty amazingly because she does this whole um, circle kick uh, backflip. Clips him right in the jaw and gets herself out. Oh yeah! And so he's yeah. out for the count, and she's uh, rescued and is go and goes away. Um, that's and the next scene is he's not entirely sure whether or not she likes him or not. He's he isn't a hundred percent sure whether or not they have a relationship yet. Hasn't quite been official enough for him. Like she said yes that night, but she's been cold to him the whole time. So he. He dons a a hat, glasses, and um, a, a sneeze mask, and asks elementary school girls, "So, what do people in the West do for uh, yeah, that's for romantic interests?" That's and how he learns about the rosary. And so that that shot is actually a it, it is a um, he's already up there on the window talking to her when it flashes back to this is how he found out about the rosary thing. 
So, and so he's he's up there on the second story window from the outside, trying to talk to her, and then as he's trying to give her this beautiful um, rosary, that's mm-hmm. when Scott interrupts, mm-hmm. and this becomes this awful. Scott's a pervert and was spying on the women under the pretense of trying to protect Juliet from peeping Toms. Yeah. Scott's awful. Scott's awful. Scott deserves everything he gets. He does. Everything. Okay. And so, what happens next is there's a great big, so Scott and a whole bunch of the white cats are going to attack, um, the black dogs. The black are going to attack Romeo when the black dogs come to uh, mm-hmm. back him up, and so there's going to so there's this huge clash between the two of them, and in the middle of the clash, Romeo accidentally breaks the rosary in his fist while he's trying to punch somebody, mm-hmm. and when he sees it broken, he just walks right past them, completely dejected, like, "Hey, we're we're brawling here. Where are you going?" And he goes up. To an eight-foot-tall stone statue, which he grips around the ankles as if he were the Fortissimo of Ikebukuro, and just lifts the statue up as if it were nothing, and then proceeds to do this cyclone move, it's beating the tar out of... a stone statue four times his size. It's massive! And he just does this cyclone move... Beating everybody. He's like, wait, wait, Romeo, we're on your side. You're going to hit us too. <laughs> D- doesn't care. The rosary got broke. He is de- and it's everyone's fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Like, uh, and then, uh... punished. He's being punished mm-hmm. for that. So he has to, he has to cut grass with his bare hands. Like by the handful and fill up this basket by the riverside. Mm-hmm. And it's then that he's about to, out of frustration, throw the broken rosary into the river when Juliet comes out of the shadows and says, You shouldn't throw things into the you shouldn't throw garbage into the river. It's not good for it. And then he finds out what it was that he was trying to give her. And they eventually end up having their first date on a rowboat in the middle of the lake, in the middle of the mm-hmm. river. Mm-hmm. Um, and turns out she already had a rosary because she's a Westerner from a Catholic uh, kind of upbringing. Mm-hmm. And it was a rosary that was given to her from her mother when she had first gotten accepted to this uh, dorm, this private well, and- school. She she tells him that the reason rosaries are so important to us is because we use our rosary to pray every morning. So it's filled with our prayers. Mm-hmm. And we give them to someone who is important to us, to the most important person to us. Um, but she has him close his eyes when they're out on the boat together. Uh-huh. And he's just like, wait, what's going on? I, I feel her moving. Wait, what? And he opens up his eyes and she's got her arms around him, putting a rosary around his neck. And she immediately blushes and uh, freaks out. Um, Says you were supposed to open your eyes, and uh, he, she goes to the other end of the boat, and he's now wearing a rosary. And she says, "That's my rosary." So yeah, she gives, uh, she gives him her rosary that she's had ever since you know 
she was five or six, however she was, uh, however old she was when she came here, and it's filled with her daily prayers of you know over ten years. So, um, but so he doesn't quite get the whole the mm-hmm. deeper meaning of it all, and so he says something a little insensitive, and she she decides to grab the oars and that the date's over. She's going to go back, and. He 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 stands up and protests like what 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 do you mean what what did I say, and he falls off the side of the boat. He says help help I can't swim. He says it'd do good for you to cool off your head, and she just rows away. Uh huh. She's great. Um. Anyways, she has, she has no time to put up with him. Well, that's her way of teasing him. Uh. uh Anyways, uh, yeah. So episode, so that's the first half of, of the first episode. The second half is when he talks her into dressing up like in another Shakespearean trope. Talks her into dressing up like a boy to go on a date with him, mm-hmm. so that they don't recognize him. And just they have. Can you play a man pretending to be a woman pretending to be a man? I don't I know, can but I can it give it a go. go. Uh, Sixty-second theater where we try unsuccessfully. Back in all the excitement of a Hollywood blockbuster into 60 seconds. Today's uh, movie. <laughs> Shakespeare in Love. Shakespeare in Love. Can you pretend to be a man pretending to be a woman pretending to be a, pretending to be a man? <laughs> I don't know, but I can give it a go. <laughs> uh, actually, Shakespeare in Love had one of the greatest scenes of all time, which is... Um, apparently, Shakespeare had uh, been wooing a particular... Uh, Lord's son's sister mm-hmm. and so that the Lord's son felt the need to have he and his friends come with swords to defend his sister's honor meanwhile the actors that are there with their swords are there to protect Shakespeare mm. for whatever reason they just like him they're here there to protect him and a sword fight breaks out in the middle of the Globe Theater in the middle of a rehearsal and in the middle of this beautifully choreographed, elegant sword fight, the shot that stole the entire scene was Jeffrey Rush, the stage manager, checking his script as the sword fight broke out and around yeah, him. Like, this isn't in the script. This? What? What? Yeah. He doesn't, <laughs> doesn't even say anything. It's just Jeffrey Rush checking the script, utter confusion, stole the whole scene in that one shot. Well, it's Jeffrey Rush. Of course he's going to steal the scene. That's what he does. Not not on purpose, just by being who he is. Uh, anyways, so... Truth there. And so Juliet she's is dressed up, up as, a, as a boy. And yeah. everyone's like, hey, who's that cute uh, middle schooler with you? Like, that's a really good-looking boy. Um, and he's cousin, like, oh, this is... Uh, Julio. This is uh, 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 my relative, Julio. And she's like, wait, huh? <laughs> so that's her name now, Julio. Um, and... Uh, and all this the boys, is the bit where Scott all, comes up and is like, "Oh wow!" All the boys suddenly feel incredibly attracted to him. Like, are 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 we actually? Dude, uh, like, it's, a guy. it's a guy. We can't feel that way towards a guy. I know, but our hearts just can't stop beating because she like blushingly said hello behind Romeo's in a very cute way. Blushingly said hello behind Romeo's arm. So, um, so all of the black cats, boys and girls, instantly fall in love with this little boy mm-hmm. and want to spend all day with them. Mm-hmm. Well, they... Uh... Even yourself. <laughs> and so, the, so the date he has planned, he's got earmarked uh, uh-huh. travel guide or, or um, like, like little um, post-it tabs 
in a travel mm-hmm. guide of some kind that he's planned this there, big they long date. It, but they're only allowed out once, I think, every three months. Ooh. So yeah, uh, it's probably not every three months. It's I think it's shorter than that. But they, they have like one day where they can tra- where they can go out to the city, mm-hmm. um, and they have to be back by a certain time. So he was really really looking forward to this one day seeing the city with Juliet at his side. Yes. Um, but anyways, we this is when like the uh, the thugs instantly like like her right away. The the three Stooges instantly like her and like wow they didn't even recognize me. That's incredible. Um, and it's like, yeah, maybe we can really get away with this. And then as soon as they say that, Scott says, Juliet Sama or Persia Sama. And this is a scene where he runs up and starts sniffing. They're freaking out. And he's like, wait a minute. I thought I smelled Juliet. I, I thought I smelled uh, Lady uh, Persia. But all I see are two stupid black dogs. <laughs> Persia Sama. Persia Sama, where where are you? We, I thought we could go out to the city to the end of the day. Persia Sama. So, so he's hyper creepy, being able to identify her location by smell, and then. Well, and Juliet's just like, well, do I really smell uh, that bad? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Juliet is now th- is now self conscious about her own odor, um, but in reality, when you think about it, that means that really. Scott is the most dog-like among the cats. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, uh, they um, so they then go out to the city, and all the black cats want to spend time. Uh, black dogs, my bad. Yeah. All the black dogs want to spend time with Julia. They think that Julia is great, and so Romeo is constantly trying to get away from uh, away from them, and they're just following wherever they go, everywhere they go. Like they try to go to a restaurant, and that restaurant's closed reserved through the entire day so they can't eat by the sea so they go get ramen um they do some other things as well huh well and too spicy for her yeah she it's too spicy for her um and she but she's wondering how on earth you know they can just eat it so casually but finally he finds a place where they can be alone and it's a haunted house and so he takes julio in there by herself uh or uh with with just her Uh and she instantly freaks out. Apparently she's not good with haunted houses um, or ghosts and things like that. A zombie pops out and he shouts at the zombie, hey, you, we're finally alone. Give us some peace. To which Juliet then punches both the zombie and Romeo because she's just freaking out over the fact that it's a zombie. Ah, zombie. She screams, ah, zombie, and punches both of them because their faces are pressed together right now. And then she just runs out. And he goes after her. Um, and he can't find her, and he thinks that she now hates him, that this was the worst date ever, um, and he's just ruined everything. So he goes over to the docks and just starts moping. The three stooges find him and say, hey, look, it's Romeo. He is, uh, you know, he's The guy he's who down. stole our prey earlier. This guy who stole our prey. Let's go ahead and get him back. This is a perfect time to strike him when he's down. So they go over and they kick him, and the guy with the... Um, Locked uh, I hold on. I've got his name right here. I keep saying that, but he is uh, Maru. Maru, okay. Maru Chizuru Maru, um, who's actually the same voice actor as um, Gintoki from uh, Gintama. I saw. Mm. Um, but anyways, he uh, he then starts pushing Romeo's head under the water with his foot, um, and. Uh, because Romeo, Romeo can't swim, as we revealed right. in previous uh, previously. Yes. And then Julio comes and says, hey, uh, get your foot off of his head. He may be an idiot, but he's still an extremely important person to me. And uh, uh, Maru's just like, oh, 
uh, yeah, well, guess, like, I don't care. Uh, Why don't you fight me? And he charges him, to which Juliet then ducks under him and flips him over. He gets a good look at her face and realizes that Julio's a woman. Uh Uh-huh. As she flips him over herself. Yeah, so so she judo flips him and he lands flat on his back on a uh, brick road. Cobbled brick road. Um... The city has a very uh, European, Mediterranean feel to it mm. um, that they're at. Um, so, and, and he's just completely winded by this attack. Mm-hmm. Then, a uh, little later, Romeo and Juliet are talking, uh, and Romeo is wondering if she if she hates him now because she ran away on the date and. What not? Mm-hmm. And she says, "Oh no, just the 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 wig was starting to really itch, and I needed to go to the bathroom and and scratch my hair." Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like, "Oh no, that wig was super itchy." So yeah, and it's a shot of her sitting on a toilet, scratching her head and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and he's like, "Oh, that's what it was." Yeah, it's like, "Wait, did you think that I hated the date?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Oh, what's a date to you?" You know. And he uh-huh. says these things, and she's like, "A date's like getting to know the other person." type thing like and i saw you like i've never seen you before mm-hmm. um and she talks about all the things that they did that she enjoyed doing and she's looking forward to going on another other day another date with him okay but as soon as um they're yeah uh i'm pretty sure they get caught at the end again and he then grabs her and throws her or something i forget and she yeah. insults, and she says you're an idiot. I'm trying to remember. Anyways, huh? Uh, okay. So, episode three starts with the two of them talking, and it's supposed to be there. Oh, uh, and somebody notices Ro, uh, Julio as they walk away from the restaurant that's been reserved for a day. So, a girl with platinum hair sitting up there seems seems to be pretty important. She's wearing a tiara. Um, but, uh, anyways, um, and she notices Julio, like the camera zooms up on Julio's face as she's walking away. Um, and so in episode three, it starts with, uh, Romeo and Juliet, um, meeting underneath a bridge. Mm -hmm. And, um, Romeo wants to say, says it's in a couple of days, it's going to be our one month anniversary. I really want to spend it with you. Um, And uh, she at first is like, you're an idiot. We shouldn't do that. Um, But it's only a date. Uh, But then like she admits that she wants to spend it with him as well. Um, And just as they're about to, uh, you know, they they don't have any major plans set for it. Just that. In three days is the day, and mm-hmm. I will make sure my calendar's free. Yeah, I'll make sure my she, calendar's free. Is what she and commits to. They uh because they don't they they both know that they can't really commit to a time when to meet, just that they want to meet and do something that day. Right. Uh, and they're about to hold hands when both Scott and Husky run up saying there's an emergency, there's an emergency, we need your help. Um, and as soon as they hear them they both start grabbing heads and start ramming heads against each other to make it think everyone think that they were fighting in secret. <laughs> um, but uh, it's uh, Scott oh, says that, that that was something else that that uh, 
happened in the uh, previous episode that really needed to come up. What was the name of the childhood girlfriend, uh, friend who's female friend who's um wants to be in a romantic relationship with Romeo? Oh, um, Hosky. But the thing is, when all Hosky... the guys are in love with Hosky. Yeah. All of them. When, when Hosky sees that Romeo is with Julio, she now has the thing. Now thinks Romeo might be swinging that way, which is why he's never shown interest in her. Uh huh. Like, and so Juliet notices that she has this misinterpretation. Like, I think you may have just exchanged one misunderstanding for another. Yeah, yeah I think you may have just exchanged one. Yep, yep, yep. That was, that was a pretty great gag too. Um, but yeah, and you notice that uh, all the guys are swooning over Hosky because she's just this great. Uh, cheerful happy-go-lucky girl yeah um and all the girls hate the guys for only focusing on husky <laughs> um because no one actually hates her she's just too great of a girl um <laughs> anyways uh they uh so this episode the princess comes in and it's revealed yes. that the princess is the one who noticed uh julio and she yeah, so we so we caught a glimpse of her at the end of episode that, that's what i was saying she was the one with the white hair and the tiara yes who was in the cafe that had uh the entire place had been booked out yep. she booked the entire place just for her yep. and she's the crown princess of the country mm -hmm. uh and she's the same age as juliet and they're it's real they're, they're they're childhood friends but she's also called the tyrant princess um and every all of the white cats are afraid of her um can i and tell she what goes she over does? to scott and says scott oh, go you, no no you do you do it you you okay. do it because you hate him so much <laughs> so she turns over to scott and says there you are scott tell me a joke and if it's not funny i'm going to strike you this princess i am not worthy but here we go my glasses and she just punches him outright uh, i didn't even uh... finish Oh, your existence is just too tedious. Oh, your existence is just too boring to justify type thing. Like, yeah. She's she's not a likable princess. But Scott has it coming. So I you can't really blame. Love her. <laughs> but that's because I've read the entire series and I know her arc and what she does and things like that. And I'll okay. I'll, I'll I'll fill you in on some of that stuff after we're done recording, I don't want to spoil anything for our listeners. Um, okay. But, but in, the uh, episode, in this episode that features her, we see a very cruel side of her. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And so after she decks Scott, I honestly feel like it was toned down for the anime. Like it was pretty, it was a lot crueler in the, uh, in the manga. Okay. So yeah. After she decks Scott, she turns over and notices that the, uh, the black doggies are not, giving her the royal um, procession. She the demanded that everyone, everyone greet her, and they're not greeting her. And so he... Oh, God. So she uh, challenges them, and Romeo immediately responds with a punch. So he goes in to punch her, and she just whispers at him, I know you're dating Juliet. And he stops his fist an inch from her face. Yeah, an inch from her nose. And then she pulls out from her breast pocket a picture. I even know about the time that he disguised her as a boy. Mm -hmm. 
And if you want me, if, if you don't want me to tell anyone, you will be my servant right now. Mm-hmm. To which he falls back as if struck. Mm-hmm. Lance Backley. What did she do? Because all, all anybody else, all anybody else saw was her reaching for a pot, some reaching up into the uh, chest area, and so like, did she flash him and he fell backwards? What's going on here? It's like, is he really that taken in by the size of her boobs? Yeah. She's fairly well endowed. Um, uh, endowed. Endowed. Yeah. That's and that's kind of a gag is that she is bigger there than mm-hmm. Juliet. And so the entire so much of this episode features Juliet wondering if Romeo prefers larger chested women mm-hmm. because of how quickly he abandons her over and over again mm-hmm. and how much well, he seems to be doting on. But because per- she notices because- something's she notices something's up because there's a whistle and Persia well and Char has told Romeo that there every time I blow this whistle, you are immediately to come to my side and do what I tell you to do. Yep. Um, By the third time I blow it, if you're not here, I will expose your secret. Mm-hmm. And so she'll blow it once, and he has to immediately start going before she blows it the third time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's trying to tell Juliet about what's going on, uh, but every time he's with Juliet, every time he's with her, the whistle goes off. Um, we find out at the end of the episode that she has very high-powered, um, what appear to be... Um, uh, opera glasses. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, so like she, so she, she can spy mm-hmm. on them from across the entire campus from where she's at, mm-hmm. and does. and she is doing everything she everything she can to interrupt their relationship. Um, and uh, she, uh, she, um, some uh, uh, she has various requests every time she blows yep, it. Sometimes do things, and the black dogs think that he is uh, betraying them. Um, and, uh, in one of the, one of the requests, she asks for deer. She's like, I would like to eat some deer. Go hunt some deer for me. And, uh, what happens? The next thing we see, he's, um, topless, wearing a bandana, hunting deer with a rope. And kind of shaking his hips enticingly to try to get the deer to come close. Meanwhile, Juliet is waiting, has been standing by a gazebo basically all day. And she starts sneezing to, like she's catching a cold because of how cold it's been getting. And she's just standing there waiting for him to come back. And he comes back with three deer stuck in him. Mm-hmm. By, the head, by the antlers. By the antlers. The antlers of these deer. And they're, and they're just floating. And they're next to him as they're stuck in his head and his sides as he went deer hunting and successfully caught three of them, as it were. And he's got the rope around his own neck. And he tries to explain again what's going on and what's happening when, um, but he's able to shake off the deer and the deer just stand around. And then he's then, um, uh, Char. Blows the whistle again. He's like, I'm sorry, I really have to go. And he leaves. But he says, I'm doing this to protect you. Doing this to protect you. Mm-hmm. Um, and he leaves. And uh, Charge is just like, I just wanted to see your face again. Mm-hmm. Oh, nothing. I just wanted to see your face. And it's in a room filled with other white cats. Yeah. 
And he decides that he needs to find a way of destroying her, so he's just going to play well, along. I wish I'd taken note of it, but Juliet says something to him while they're outside. Um, and um, that gives him the um, the energy, the courage to... Um, to, uh, you to know, keep this up. to keep, to keep this up, to keep this up. Um, and she says, whatever you're doing, just please make sure that you're free by our anniversary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he decides that he needs to dig up some dirt on the princess in order to get out of this. Yes. Um, and so one day and he and, and does so for the next some... day or so, he does all the, her commands with a smile on his face, including, Walking on his hands and knees while she rides his back side saddle mm-hmm. um, to and from classes. Uh-huh. Well, and he, uh, well, and interestingly enough, during one of those times, uh, she's saying, get me to the dining hall, otherwise we'll be late for dinner as she's drinking tea on his back. And he's uh, he starts uh, saying, yes, look, I'm going as fast as I can. I'll be faster if I carry you on my back, though. And she's like, no, you're a dog. You need to be on your back. And then she says, he says turn around. Turn around right now. Um, and he's like, wait, what? We're going to be even late for dinner. She's like, I don't care. Turn around right now. And uh, he looks up and he sees Juliet walking with another person. And he well, looks, before he up, looks he sees, up, before uh, he looks up, she tries to steer him by grabbing his head and twisting his neck in an awkward position. Uh-huh. Like, my head doesn't steer that that's way. That's right. That's right. That's right. She does that. And then that's be, that's how he see, ends up seeing Juliet. Um, and then, um, he says something, I forget what it was, but it upsets the princess and she ends up kicking him in the face with her heel. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so he realizes that, that the princess, there's gotta be some dirt on her or maybe he can find the photo. And so he breaks into their room after calling, faking a call from the principal's office Yes. with a very, very fake voice. Like it's very obviously not an adult's voice on that. Uh, and when he breaks into her room, he has a handkerchief a green handkerchief over his head tied under his nose in the most stereotypical bandit way possible. I mean, I've seen (laughs) that in anime. I've seen that in Tenji Muyo. I've seen that in anime. Oh yeah. No, it's a 20, 30 years early. It's a, it's a cultural thing in Japan. When you are a bandit, that's how, that's how you disguise yourself. So I guess in America it is, you know, the bandit has, uh, we do the cowboy thing where um, you have the ban- the bandana over- disguising your nose and mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess they do it to cover their head or something. I'm not sure so why. I've, but... Yeah, I've never I've never looked into why. It's just I've just kind of accepted that's part of Japan's culture. But yeah, it's a, um, it's it's Haposai from uh, uh, what was he from to, uh, Inuyasha? I don't know. I'd never watched Inuyasha. Well, I watched a bit of it. Just, it wasn't for me. Uh, but he, anyways. Um, no, no. Hoppasize from, from Ranma. My mistake. Oh, okay. But yeah, anyways, right. they, um, he gets into a room and he starts searching and then he hears the door open and he hears the voice of the princess saying, oh, what a naughty little boy. You thought you could break into my room while I was away, huh? If I find you, I'll scream for the teachers and you'll be expelled right away. And that will definitely put an end to your relationship with Juliet. And she starts looking for him, and she looks under the table, under the bed, in the closet, and he's not anywhere. And she's like, oh, crap, there's only one other place he can be, and he starts laughing. (laughs) And where is he? (laughs) It turns out there is a secret passage behind the mirror to, uh, there's this, you know, very large, I want to say a poster-sized 
uh, hanging mirror on the wall that there happens to be a secret compartment behind. And in that secret compartment is all of the uh, it's all of these photos. They're on the ceiling and on the walls, and it's just covering every inch. And it's just secret photos that have been taken of Juliet, of Persia. It's like, what have you? And he just starts laughing at her secret uh, that he, that he knows now. And um, she asks, "How did you find this? How did he find it?" He was trying to dive for the window and he mistook the mirror for the window and just ran right into it. Head and first. it happened to open it up. <laughs> he was able to find her secret shrine to Juliet. So sheer dumb luck. Mm-hmm. That's the gag here. Um in the great so, in the words of the great Maggie Smith. Uh-huh. And so he uh, has these, uh, he's about to say what will happen if Juliet finds these photos. And she's like, please, please don't, don't. I can't stand it if she learns about this. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to live with myself if she learns about this. Please just keep this a secret. And he, um, and he, it's revealed that uh, this is when we learned that they're childhood friends. And Juliet is the most important person to Char, and so much that Char has fallen in love with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but she can never reveal these feelings to Juliet. Um, yeah. and um, that's when a knock comes on the door. Yeah, and Juliet is talking to Char and saying, "Hey, I'm going to come in." And Char's like, "No, no, no! Don't come in! Don't come in!" Which freaks out Romeo because he's now just learned that they're roommates. Char and Juliet are roommates. Um, and so uh. Char is trying to stop Juliet from getting into the room. Um, just like standing in her way, moving back and forth, weaving back and forth until Juliet's sort of like, come on, I got to get through. And so she just goes under her arm and Char freaks out, turns around and all the pictures on the floor that Romeo had just spread out there. Yeah, he had knocked out a pile of, of photos uh, when he had stepped out and that pile mm-hmm. is now all gone. And the pile is now all gone. It's completely clean. And she's just like, what, what, what is your problem? Uh, Juliet says to Char, to Char. And Juliet starts brushing her hair and getting looking nice, and she's got a nice smile on her face. And Char's just like, "So, uh, what are you so like? What are you so uh, happy about? What, what's that smile for?" She's, and she's like, "Oh, I've got a promise. I mean, I'm I'm just heading out. Bye. I have a promise to keep. I mean, appointment to make. Uh, promise. I mean, an appointment to keep. Uh, well, well uh, bye. See you soon." And, and she's she just walks- absolutely glowing. Uh huh. Super happy. And uh, that's uh, Romeo steps out from the uh, so he, again. So it turns out he had managed to grab up all the photos and hide back behind the mirror again in the time that she was opening up the door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, uh, they. Uh... <sighs> anyways, oh, it's getting kind of late tonight. It is. Huh. We're recording a bit later tonight because I wasn't able to watch the episodes in, uh, within a decent time. That's 100% on me. Uh, but anyways. Um, but that's about, uh, well, the uh, the episode she, well, she kind of said, finalizes with it, uh, the, the two of them talking. Like, mm-hmm. he understands her. Says, I know how it feels mm-hmm. to not be able to tell someone how you feel. Tell like, someone you love how well, you Well, she asks, why did you help me? You like, Why did you help me? And she said, "He." that's what he says. He says, because I know what it's like to not be able to tell someone how you feel. Also... 
if she knew, I couldn't blackmail you with it. Also, if she knew, I couldn't blackmail you, which is, she gets a little, you know, like, anger vein. Oh, you're right. It's like, oh, you're right. Um, and uh, she then says, I know that she cares about you, but this relationship is going to hurt her. Like, I'm, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. That, that it's just always going to end up in conflict and um, and that she doesn't approve of the relationship. She doesn't want it to see it happen. Mm-hmm. So. And then, uh, but the, it, the episode ends with, well, now, the, one of the problems with watching, streaming this on Amazon is that it wanted to cut to the next episode too soon. There is an after credit scene that features the two of them going out. For the first time, going out mm-hmm. on their one month anniversary date, mm-hmm. and then it cuts, and then a next time video. But um, the autoplay on Amazon Prime, yeah, the autoplay on Amazon cuts like it's it's annoying. I didn't get to watch the credits once because the autoplay kept getting in the way. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Anyways, what's your final verdict on Romeo and Ju- or not, not Romeo and Juliet on Ju- boarding school Juliet? I think I'm going to continue giving it a try. I mean, you've said a lot of great things about the manga, but the first three episodes are funny enough that I can give it a give oh, it a yeah, good it's, try for the rest. It's great. Um, I don't know if I'm going to watch more of the manga or anime. I might. Um, I love the manga. I thought it was just great. It was just an absolute delight whenever a, a new chapter came up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I love it. I'll. If I find the time, I'll probably watch more of the anime, but it's not a top priority for me just because I know right. where it is. Um, anyways, uh, that's it for Boarding School Juliet. And this next week, it is my turn. Yep. And for high schools with a twist, I went with School Babysitters. It is a slice of life high school comedy. Uh, Ryuchi and Kotaro are brothers who lost their parents in an airplane cl- crash. They're taken in by the chairman of Morinomia Academy, who lost her son and daughter-in-law in the same crash on one condition. Ryuchi has to babysit the kids at the daycare room in the school. The room was open to help school teachers who had kids to take care of, but it suffers from lack of staff until Ryuchi becomes the first member of the babysitter club formed to solve that problem. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, I, you know what? I think it should be fun. I was trying to find a high school that has more of a um, supernatural twist to it. Sure. But none of them really kind of floated my boat enough to kind of pick it for next week. So I wanted and to go and we've, this And one. we've seen a whole bunch of supernatural one for our show already. I mean, our first mm-hmm. season, the first season featured um, Assassination Classroom and um, the uh, the uh, Railgun and Index uh, franchise mm-hmm. that uh, kind of really fit into this uh, this sort of thing. But yeah, we'll go ahead and give school babysitters a try for next week. We'll see how that goes. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for three episodes in. It is now time for recommendation of the week, and it is your pick. It is my pick. And my pick this week is the movie My Hero Academia Two Heroes. Uh, recently picked up the uh, Blu-ray of this video for my son's birthday and uh we were able to uh watch it last night and it's a lot of fun it's it's really good um it it has all the same feel of the show um season three of my hero academia ends with all might and uh 
Midoriya, um, All Might inviting Midoriya on a plane trip to a place called Eye Island, where a whole bunch of uh, superheroes and scientists live to help develop um, uh, quirk-enhancing or uh, support um, technology. Mm-hmm. And so... That's, um, and, uh, not to get into it too much, but, um, it introduces a new character, uh, Melissa, and it, it goes, delves a little bit into, um, All Might's backstory. Apparently while he was mm-hmm. in America, he had a sidekick named, uh, David Shield, who, mm-hmm. who, um, he rescued from a burning building when he, when they first met. But All Might's shirt had burned off in the process. Mm-hmm. And so David was the one who built all of his costumes that can withstand all the things that he does. So he doesn't, mm. he doesn't lose everything every time he fights. That makes sense. And, and I'm glad so, they actually brought that into it as well. Because one of the most ridiculous ridiculous things about superhero comics for the longest time was, you know... With, like, yeah, Superman's invulnerable, but his suit isn't. Right. You know? Right. It's, so it, it depends, and it depends on what happened to Superman because his suit got pretty torn up in his fight with Doomsday in the, mm-hmm. in well, the comics. Yeah, I mean, like earlier, but that's days. because Superman got tor- torn up by Doomsday too. So, mm-hmm. um, but no, yeah, um, so that's something that comes up in the show, and it's it's a lot of fun, a lot of action. I loved it, my son loved it. Um, my daughter, who really loves My Hero Academia wasn't home that night to watch it with us and so she's a little salty yeah yeah but yeah. such life yep uh anyway. she'll, she'll get a chance eventually i'm sure gotcha and okay. uh, apparently it's it's like one of the big reasons i wanted to see it is it does seem to be the go-between between seasons four three and four like it's like a, an insert adventure between seasons three and four and season okay. four is coming out this october yep so okay yeah. Okay, uh, so that's it for recommendation of the week. And uh, so check out My Hero Academia, the movie, Two Heroes, if you haven't already. Um, I still haven't seen it, so I need to probably borrow that from you sometime. Um, and it's now time for Creator Shoutout, and it was my turn this week. And this week, I discovered a kind of adorable webcomic. Um, it's, um, it is called, uh, this, I, I'm pretty sure the artist's names, I don't know if there's a name for the comic itself, but it's done by Cindabel Collective. And it's this great series about a devil and an angel. Um, and I showed you that one. It's the one where like the devil and angel are eating lunch together. Is and that the a one where she rice. It's a rice. little bit, well, it's, <laughs> it's a he, uh, the devil has a little bit of rice on his cheek. Um, um and the angel comes up and kisses his cheek to get the rice off of his face and he blushes and then slams his face into his bowl and comes back up with a bunch of food on it with this grin on his face (laughs) and she's just kind of smiling and blushing back so it's just an entire collection of just those comics of a romance between a devil and an angel um and it's super adorable um another great one the angel's trying to fly a kite um but she just can't do it it's just it's just not working for her and the devil's just like well why don't you try a different kite and so she goes through all these different kites she tries like 
a larger kite, a smaller kite, a Chinese dragon kite, all these things, and it doesn't work. And finally, the devil off, off screen just says, here, try this last kite. And uh, she tries it, and she just has this big grin on her face, and it cuts back, and it's the devil flying up in the air attached to a screen for her. <laughs> to a screen for her. <laughs> but it's revealed the reason that she wasn't able to fly the kite is because she was flying it in the wrong direction. There's a bunch of other people flying kites, and they're going the other way. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, it's an adorable comic. Uh, Cinderella Collective. We're going to have links for, to the artist's uh, folio art and their Instagram. I couldn't find anything else for them in social media. Um, but anyways, uh, go ahead and give them a check. Uh, give them uh, a look if you guys are interested in that sort of thing. All right. All right. Oh, well, that's it for another Whitaker Weekly. Thanks so much for check, uh, tuning in this week. If you listened on YouTube, please feel free to like this episode and subscribe to our channel. If you like what we do and want to support us, please share our channel with your friends. Uh, where can they find us on social media? Our site, WhitakerWeekly.com, currently has the links to our Facebook page, Twitter account, and YouTube channel. We encourage all our listeners to follow us on the social media platform of their preference. And if there's one we're not on yet... Please reach out to us on one of the ones we've mentioned, and we'll broaden our scope to include you. All right. Well, I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And this has been Whitaker Weekly. You guys have a great week.